Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Out of the Blue by John F. Jessel. Mom swung hard, but the ball dropped behind her. Hooey! I yelled. The breeze from that one cooled me off way out here in the outfield. From the pitcher's mound, Dad said, Great cut, dear. If you'd have connected, that ball would have sailed into orbit. She laughed. All I need to do is send another high fly over John's head. He needs more dance practice. She was teasing me about an earlier hit. Backpedaling to catch it, I jostled our bird bath. Some ballerina-like moves saved the seat of my pants from grass stains and my shirt from a soggy feather shower. Who said backyard wiffle ball was safer than bungee jumping? While Mom bent to retrieve the ball, I fixed my cap to shade my eyes. The late afternoon sun had slipped lower, so seeing a ball hit toward me was getting hard. I didn't mind much. The sun was in my eyes was always a good reason for missing pop-ups, and sometimes it was even true. I glanced back at Mom. She'd picked up the ball, but she hadn't tossed it to Dad. She just stood there, frozen like a statue. Before I realized that something was wrong, she dropped the ball and bat threw her hands to her cheeks, and screamed. Dad scrambled toward her. Honey, what? What? he yelled, his voice scratchier and higher than I'd ever heard it before. Then I was running, too, so fast that my cat flew off. She's sick, I thought. Stories of sudden death from natural causes filled my head. Choking, heart attacks, strokes. Fear squeezed my chest. Dad reached her just before I did. She'd now fallen to her knees, and I hoped that was a good sign. Still, her face was pale, and her breath came in deep gasps. "'Tell me! Tell me!' my father shouted, trying to pry her hands from her cheeks. His urgency seemed to take effect. She slid one hand to her throat and pointed over our shoulders with the other. "'Look!' she rasped. "'It's crashing!' "'It? What?' Dad spun around to look behind him. "'Oh, no! No!' I turned and looked. Two men were floating to earth beneath their parachutes. They looked small, almost toy-like in the distance, and then I noticed a third shape in the sky, a thing growing larger by the second. It's their plane, Mom said. They've bailed out. It's crashing. I looked at Dad, half expecting him to burst into laughter and tell her that they were skydivers and the plane heading our way was his buddy, Art's. Art loved to fly low over our house and dip a wing as a hello to Dad. I looked back at the plane. It was much closer now, and much lower, streaking toward us like a bullet. What I heard was not the buzz of a piper cub, but the shriek of a jet. It looked like a shiny-scaled bird of prey hunting anything stupid enough to stand in its path. Dad grabbed me by the shoulder and Mom around the waist. Let's run! I screeched over the howl of engines that were roaring like hurricane winds. We can't beat it, Dad yelled. Just get down! He pushed me to my knees hard, then to my stomach. He brought Mom down, too, then fell between us. Put your arms over your head. I already had. In seconds, the jet's noise doubled, then doubled again. The thing was nearly upon us. My heart fluttered like a trapped butterfly. I was too scared to find words to pray. Jesus, dear Jesus, was all I could muster. And then the jet's roar built to what seemed like a thousand hurricanes. Suddenly, I couldn't overcome my desire to face the beast. I looked up. I wasn't the only one staring toward the roar of death. Both Mom and Dad had focused on the sleek-winged monster streaking so close to our backyard maple that twigs shook and leaves fell in its slipstream. 
Glittering metal and a perfectly white star inside a circle of blue flashed over us in ear-numbing, bone-rattling noise, and then I was looking into the jet's black exhaust ports. It missed us, Dad! I shouted in elation. Mom's voice brought me back to reality. But it's heading toward the school, son. Pray for them. She meant the band. We'd heard them in after-school marching practice while we'd played ball. They'd have little chance to escape the screaming monster descending from the blue. Again, my mind numbed, but Mom's voice sounded strong against the softening jet roar. Please, Lord, let it miss the school. Please let it fall where it will harm no one. Two seconds after Mom's prayer, the jet's nose turned skyward. The plane seemed almost to stand on its tail in a steep climb. My mouth dropped. Autopilot, Dad said as a new roar hit our ears. Please, God, please, Mom repeated. Now the jet broke its climb, then dipped sharply earthward. No sound came from its engines. The sudden quiet seemed more terrible than the earlier roar. It stalled, Dad said. Now it'll drop like a stone. The jet plummeted behind a grove of trees, and for a second I thought I'd dreamed everything. Then a thunderclap and a cloud of black smoke rising from behind the tree line told me my nightmare was far too real. Mom turned to Dad, her eyes questioning, fearful. He bit his lip and shook his head. She closed her eyes and prayed aloud, Help them, Lord! The wail of sirens filled the late evening air as emergency vehicles from all across town sped to the crash site. Our kitchen echoed with neighbors jabbering excitedly about their actions as the jet roared into and out of our lives. Like Mom, many had prayed for their deliverance and the safety of others. Even now, some prayed aloud for people at the crash site. Dad's radio blared updates on the crash. By nightfall, a newscast grew specific. The jet had missed the school, but a small grocery store had been hit. Its cement block walls lay in rubble. A few shoppers had escaped unhurt. Others were feared trapped. Quiet descended upon the kitchen as our neighbors fell into whispered prayers. I soon drifted asleep to the sound of the news anchor's voice. The next morning, the first thing I heard when I woke up was the sound of a radio interview with the pilot. I put it on autopilot, then ejected, he was saying. The bird should have banked away, but it headed toward the town. I don't know why. But then neither do I know how it dropped into a city without causing any injuries. For a second, I thought the newscaster would correct the mistake. No injuries? But the pilot went on, uninterrupted. Was it true? The pilot said, All I thought about on my way down was that we needed a miracle. Well, one came, though I'm not sure how. I grinned when I heard that. I thought about Mom's first prayer and the plane's last second acrobatics. I thought about my neighbors telling about similar prayers and of hearing still more prayers in our kitchen that night. And then I thought, Yep, we got a miracle, but Mr. Pilot, I think I have an idea how it came about. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.